Getting clear of the walled refinery town presented no problem, since the few sentries were only looking for trouble from the outside. It was equally easy to approach Jason's leather-walled worksite from the rear and slip through it at the spot where Jason had cut the leather and sewn up the opening with thin twine. Sit here and touch nothing or you will be cursed for life, he commanded the shivering Snarby, then slipped toward the front entrance with a small sledgehammer clutched in his fist. He was pleased to see one of Edipon's other sons on guard duty, leaning against a pole and dozing. Jason gently lifted his leather helm with his free hand and tapped once with the hammer. The guard slept even more soundly. Now we can get to work, Jason said, when he had returned inside and clicked a firelighter to the wick of a lantern. What are you doing? They'll see us, kill us, escaped slaves. Stick with me, Snarby, and you'll be wearing shoes. Lights here can't be seen by the sentries. I made sure of that when I sighted the place, and we have a piece of work to do before we leave. We have to build a caroy. They did not have to build it from scratch, but there was enough truth in the statement to justify it. His most recently rebuilt and most powerful engine was still bolted to the test stand, a fact that justified all the night's risks. Three caroy wheels lay among the other debris of the camp, and two of them were to be bolted to the engine while it was still on the stand. The ends of the driving axle cleared the edges of the stand. Jason threaded the securing wheel bolts into place and utilized Snarby to tighten them. At the other end of the stand was a strong swiveling post that had been a support for his test instruments, and seemed strangely large for this small task. It was. When the instruments were stripped away, a single bar remained, projecting backwards like a tiller handle. When a third wheel was fitted with a stub axle and slid into place in the forked lower end of the post, the test stand looked remarkably like a three-wheeled, steerable, steam-engine-powered platform that was mounted on legs. This is exactly what it was, what Jason had designed it to be from the first, and the supporting legs came away with the same ease that the other parts had been attached. Escape had always taken first priority in his plans. Snarby dragged over the crockery jars of oil, water, and fuel while Jason filled the tanks. He started the fire under the boiler and loaded aboard tools and the small supply of crenoy he had managed to set aside from their rations. All of this took time, but not time enough. It would soon be dawn, and they would have to leave before then, and he could no longer avoid making up his mind. He could not leave Ijal here, and if he went to get her, he could not refuse to take Micah as well. The man had saved his life, no matter what murderous idiocies he had managed to pull since that time. Jason believed that you owed something to a man who prolonged your existence, but he also wondered just how much he still owed. In Micah's case, he felt the balance of the debt to be mighty small, if not overdrawn. Perhaps this one last time. Keep an eye on the engine and I'll be back as soon as I can, he said, jumping to the ground and loading on equipment. You want me to do what? Stay here with this devil machine? I cannot. It will burn and consume me. Act your age, Snarby. Your physical age, if not your mental one. This rolling junk pile was made by men and repaired and improved by me. No demons involved. It burns oil to make heat that makes steam that goes to this tube to push that rod to make those wheels go around so we can move. And that is as much of the theory of the steam engine as you are going to get from me. Maybe you can understand this better. 
Only I can get you safely away from here. Therefore, you will stay and do as I say, or I will beat your brains in. Clear? Starby nodded dumbly. Fine. All you have to do is sit here and look at this little green disk. See it? If it should pop out before I come back, turn this handle in this direction. Clear enough? That way the safety valve won't blow and wake the whole country, and we'll still have a head of steam. Jason went out past the still silent sentry and headed back toward the refinery station. Instead of a club or a dagger, he was armed with a well-tempered broadsword that he had managed to manufacture under the noses of the guards. They had examined everything he brought from the worksite since he had been working in the evenings in his room, but ignored everything he manufactured as being beyond their comprehension. This primordial mental attitude had been of immense value, for in addition to the sword he carried a sack of molotails, a simple weapon of assault whose origins were lost in prehistory. Small crocks were filled with the most combustible of the refinery's fractions, and wrapped around outside with cloth that he had soaked in the same liquid. The stench made him dizzy, and he hoped that they would repay his efforts when the time came, since they were completely untried. In use one lit the outer covering and threw them. The crockery burst on impact, and the fuse ignited the contents. Theoretically. Getting back in proved to be as easy as getting out, and Jason felt an unmistakable twinge of regret. His subconscious had obviously been hoping that there would be a disturbance and he would have to retreat to save himself. His subconscious obviously being very short on interest in saving the slave girl and his nemesis, particularly at the risk of his own skin. His subconscious was disappointed. He was in the building where his quarters lay, trying to peek around the corner to see if a guard was at the door. There was, and he seemed to be dozing, but something jerked him awake. He had heard nothing, but he sniffed the air and wrinkled his nose. The powerful smell of water of power from Jason's molotails had roused him, and he spotted Jason before he could pull back. "'Who is there?' he shouted, and advanced at a lumbering run. There was no quiet way out of this one, so Jason leaped out with an echoing shout and lunged. The blade went right under the man's guard. He must have never seen a sword before, and the tip caught him full in the throat. He expired with a bubbling wail that stirred voices deeper in the building. Jason sprang over the corpse and tore at the multifold bolts and locks that sealed the door. Footsteps were running in the distance when he finally threw the door open and ran in. Get out and quick, we're escaping, he shouted at them and pushed the dazed Ijal toward the door, and exacted a great deal of pleasure from landing a tremendous kick that literally lifted Micah through the opening, where he collided with Edipon, who had just run up waving a club. Jason leaped over the tumbled forms, wrapped Edipon behind the ear with the hilt of his sword, and dragged Micah to his feet. Get out to the engine works, he ordered his still uncomprehending companions. I have a caroy there that we can get away in. He cursed them, and they finally broke into clumsy motion. There were shouts from behind him, and an armed mob of Zertanoi ran into view. Jason pulled down the hall light, burning his hand on the hot base at the same time, and applied its open flame to one of his molotails. The wick caught with a roar of flame, and he threw it at approaching soldiers before it could burn his hand. It flew toward them, hit the wall, and broke. Inflammable fuel spurted in every direction, and the flame went out. Jason cursed and grappled for another molotail, because if they didn't work, he was dead. 
The Zertanoi had hesitated a moment rather than walk through the puddle of spilled water of power, and in that instant he hurled the second firebomb. This one burst nicely, too, and lived up to its maker's expectations when it ignited the first molotail as well, and the passageway filled with a curtain of fire. Holding his hand around the lamp flame so it wouldn't go out, Jason ran after the others. So far the alarm had not spread outside of the building, and Jason bolted the door from the outside. By the time this was broken open and the confusion sorted out, they would be clear of the buildings. There was no need for the lamp now, and would only give him away. He blew it out, and from the desert came a continuous and ear-piercing scream. "'He's done it!' Jason groaned. "'That's the safety valve on the steam engine!' He bumped into Ijal and Micah, who were milling about confusedly in the dark kicked Micah again out of sheer malice and hatred of all mankind, and led them towards the worksite at a dead run. They escaped unharmed, mainly because of the confusion on all sides of them. The Zertanoi seemed to never have experienced a night attack before, which they apparently thought this was, and did an incredible amount of rushing about and shouting. Matters were not helped by the burning building nor the unconscious form of Edipon that was carried from the blaze. All the Zertanoi had been roused by the scream of the safety valve that was still bleeding irreplaceable steam into the night air, and there was much milling about. In the confusion the fleeing slaves were not noticed, and Jason led them around the guard post on the walls and directly toward the worksite. They were spotted as they crossed the empty ground, and after some hesitation the guard ran in pursuit. Jason was leading the enemy directly to his precious steam wagon, but he had no choice. The thing was certainly making its presence known in any case, and unless he reached it at once the head of steam would be gone and they would be trapped. He leaped the still recumbent guard at the entrance and ran toward his machine. Snarby was cowering behind one wheel, but there was no time to give him any attention. As Jason jumped onto the platform the safety valve closed and the sudden stillness was frightening. The steam was gone. With frantic grabs he spun valves and shot one glance at the indicator. There wasn't enough steam left to roll the meters. Water gurgled and the boiler hissed and clacked at him while screams of anger came from the Zertanoi as they ran into the enclosure and saw the bootleg Karoi. Jason thrust the end of a molotel into the firebox. It caught fire and he turned and hurled it at them. The angry cries turned into screams of fear as the tongues of flame licked up at the pursuers and they retreated in disorder. Jason ran after them and hastened their departure with another molotel. They seemed to be retreating as far as the refinery walls, but he could not be sure in the darkness if some of them weren't creeping around to the sides. He hurried back to the caroy, tapped on the still unmoving pressure indicator, and opened the fuel feed wide. As an afterthought he wired down the safety valve since his reinforced boiler should hold more pressure than the valve had been originally adjusted for. Once this was finished he chewed at his oily fingernails since there was nothing else that could be done until the pressure built up again. The Zertanoi would rally, someone would take charge, and they would attack the worksite. If they had enough steam before this happened, they would escape. If not... Micah, and you too, you cowering slob snarby you, get behind this thing and push, Jason said. What has happened? Micah asked. Have you started this revolution? If so, I will give no aid. We're escaping, if that's all right with you. Just I, Ijal, and a guide to show us the way. You don't have to come. I will join you. There is nothing criminal in escaping from these barbarians. Very nice of you to say so. Now push, 
I want this steamobile in the center, far from all the walls and pointing toward the desert. Down the valley, I guess. Is that right, Snarby? Down the valley, sure. That's the way. His voice was still rasping from the earlier throttling Jason was pleased to notice. Stop it here, and everyone aboard. Grab onto those bars I've bolted along the side so you won't get bounced off. If we ever start moving, that is. Jason took a quick look through his workshop to make sure everything they might need was already loaded, then reluctantly climbed aboard himself. He blew out the lantern, and they sat there in the darkness, their faces lit from below by the flickering glow from the firebox, while the tensions mounted. There was no way to measure time, since each second took an eternity to drag by. The walls of the worksite cut off any view of the outside, and within a few moments imagination had peopled the night with silent hordes creeping towards them, huddling about the thin barrier of leather, ready to swoop down and crush them in an instant. Let's run for it, Snarpy gurgled, and tried to jump from the platform. We're trapped here. We'll never get away. Jason tripped him and knocked him flat, then pounded his head against the floor planks a few times until he quieted. I can sympathize with that poor man, Micah said severely. You are a brute, Jason, to punish him for his natural feelings. Cease your sadistic attack and join me in a prayer. If this poor man you are so sorry for had simply done his duty and watched the boiler, we would all be safely away from here by now. And if you have enough breath for a prayer, put it to better use by blowing into the firebox. It's not going to be wishes or prayers that get us out of here, just a head of steam. A howled battle cry was echoed by massed voices, and a squad of Zertanoi burst in through the entrance, and at the same instant the rear of the leather wall went down and more armed men swarmed over it. The immobile Karoi was trapped between the two groups of attackers, who laughed happily as they charged. Jason cursed and lit four molotails at the same time and hurled them two and two in opposite directions. Before they hit he had jumped to the steam valve and wound it open. With a hissing clank the Karoi shuddered and got under way. For the moment the attackers were held back by the walls of flame and screamed even louder as the machine moved away at right angles from between their two groups. The air whistled with crossbow bolts, but most were badly aimed and only a few thudded into the baggage. With each revolution of the wheels their speed picked up, and when they hit the walls the hides parted with a creaking snap. Strips of leather whipped at them, then they were through. The shouts and the fires grew dimmer behind them as they streaked down the valley at a suicidal pace, hissing, rattling, and crashing over the bumps. Jason clung to the tiller and shouted for Micah to come relieve him, since if he let go of the thing they would turn and crash in an instant, and as long as he held it he couldn't cut down the steam. Some of this finally penetrated to Micah because he crawled forward grasping desperately to every handhold until he crouched beside Jason. Grab this tiller and hold it straight and steer around anything big enough to see. As soon as the steering was taken over Jason worked his way back to the engine and throttled down. They slowed to a clanking walk, then stopped completely. Ijal moaned, and Jason felt as if every inch of his body had been beaten with hammers. There was no sign of pursuit, since it would be at least an hour before they could raise steam in the caroy, and no one on foot could possibly have matched their headlong pace. The lantern he had used earlier had vanished during the wild ride, so Jason dug out another one of his own construction. "'On your feet, Snarby,' he ordered. I've cracked us all out of slavery, so now it is time for you to do some of the guiding that you were telling me about. 
walk ahead with this light and pick out a nice smooth track going in the right direction. I never did have a chance to build headlights for this machine, so you will have to do instead." Snarby climbed down unsteadily and walked out in front. Jason opened the valve a bit and they clattered forward on his trail as Micah turned the tiller to follow. Ijael crawled over and settled herself against Jason's side, shivering with cold and fright. He patted her shoulder. Relax, he said. From now on this is just a pleasure trip. End of Part 4 of The Ethical Engineer by Harry Harrison